Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 224 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. This week, we are having a sit down with uh, another old friend of the show, uh, someone who was with us all the way back in 2018, episode 6. Uh, we're talking with G.A. Edwards. Back then, we were discussing her YA thriller, Mirror Images, but this time, we are going to be discussing, well, we're catching up a little bit with her first, uh, but then we're also going to be hearing about an anthology that uh, G.A. put together called Hawthorne Creek, A Collection of Secrets. Now, what's unique about this is in the writing group that I'm a part of, the Writers of Warnsburg, and this is a collection of 14 stories by 14 different authors in the group who uh, contributed to it, um, including yours truly. I'm very excited about this book and really excited uh, to share this interview with you as we talk about how the uh, anthology came together, what goes into making an anthology with so many other writers how it was developed and a lot of this was new to me like I was discovering this along with you because I hadn't been able to attend a meeting but I would follow up here and there but it all worked out really well and uh, we're also going to be discussing the editing process and uh, <laughs> and we also learn why it's as a writer why it's good to have worked with cops and uh, still have a <laughs> those connections <laughs> That and so much more, plus a sample from from Goldie's story within uh, the within the anthology, and uh, all that's coming up here in just a few minutes. So uh, I'm gonna do a little update. But if you don't want to hear all that, you want to jump on over to the interview. You can just jump ahead about uh, you know four or five minutes, and uh, you'll be in the interview. Meanwhile, uh, happy Halloween, everyone! I'm very happy to be doing an episode. Two weeks in a row now, first time in a little bit <laughs> that I've been able to do that. Uh, things have been pretty crazy. I really appreciate everyone's patience as I work through all this stuff that's been going on for the last like six to seven weeks now uh, going on. In fact, that last episode, episode 223 with Tom Duffy, uh, which is fantastic by the way, you got to go back and check out his story. Uh, that episode, I actually, <laughs> funny story. I actually recorded the uh, the the pre-show and the post-show, like what this is right now that I'm doing. I had recorded it early morning, came upstairs, made breakfast, and then as my wife and I were having breakfast, that's when my wife got the phone call that her father had a heart attack, and all of a sudden we are out. We're out the door, driving an hour and a half away to the hospital where he is, find out that at the same time my mom had developed pneumonia and fortunately was at the same hospital now things worked out uh, my father-in-law is doing well he did have a stint put into his heart but we were there we were out of town for about four days and uh, but I did not bring any of my gear I tried a couple of times to do a little bit of writing on my phone but you know it was just there was a lot of sitting around and, and uh, just talking amongst ourselves and uh, catching up with family and doing what we needed to do to help them out at the house and uh, but that was good and you know, I came back and then hurriedly put together uh, episode 223 and got I got that episode distributed last week. 
and uh, fortunately, uh, this week's looking good. So hopefully, this episode's going up on Tuesday. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully, no other uh, interruptions. And uh, truth be told, complete honesty with you, right now as I'm recording this, I don't have an interview scheduled for this weekend. I've been working on a few, but I haven't heard back to confirm yet. So uh, I may or may not be back next week. But you know, never, never fear. I will be back soon with more episodes because I have I have a bunch of authors that have been reaching out to me, uh, including more return guests. Uh, all been reaching out to me. It's just a matter of setting up the right time. Anyway, all that's been uh, going on. Um, ironically, in spite of all the madness, uh, whenever I've had some, whenever I have had some downtime, I have been uh, doing some fantastic writing on uh, Bandit Two. And I feel a little odd saying fantastic writing because I don't know if it's good or not. I feel like it's good. But what I really mean by that is I'm throwing up about, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 words per session. You know, I'm, I'm sitting down, I'm getting about an hour, a little over an hour, and it's just flowing out of me because you know, I'm, I'm going into approaching the, uh, the end of the story. So everything is just, I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen. And and it's just rolling right out of me. And I've got twists that I did not see coming. I've got things happening. And it's I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, so much so. And, and it's going so well that uh, I'm actually planning to officially start promoting Bandit 2 in the, uh, in the coming weeks. So make sure you're following the show's social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's just Sample Chapter Podcast. Follow us on there. And I'll make sure to share the podcast. Uh, cover art if you're interested uh or if you just want to hear you know see what i'm what i've got or if you want to know more about what i've got going on uh with my book then you can uh follow my social media of author jason amiski and and that's tagged on my uh that should be tagged on on my uh, social media as well hey by the way if you're wanting to reach out to the show social media is a good way to do it or you can contact me via email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com uh, of course, I do invite you to also check out our affiliate links for Writer's Block Coffee. Uh, they have four delicious flavors. Uh, there's uh, All of them are fantastic. I've, I've tried and tasted them all, and they're, they're amazing. Uh, you can try one, or you can try all of them, and you can, you can order one time, or you can set it up for monthly automatic shipping. Click the link in the show notes uh, to get right on over there, uh, but don't forget to use the coupon code SAMPLECHAPTER and save 10% on your order. I also invite you to go check out the Pop Goes the Culture Network, home to about a dozen other shows, all of them fun, all of them uh, pop culture related, and uh, just a really good time with all of those shows. So click that link in the show notes for that as well. All right, well, hey, everyone. Without further ado, it's time to get on over to my interview with not just a friend of the show, but someone I'm very proud to say a friend of mine. So let's get over to that interview with G.A. Edwards. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Hey, today I have a very special guest and a, and a very special book uh, bring, brought to you. Uh, and it's just in time for Halloween. It's going to have uh, lots of great stuff inside it. I am so thrilled to bring back one of my earliest guests and uh, somebody who's been very influential in my writing career. 
I am talking about G.A. Edwards, Goldie to her friends, uh, writer extraordinaire and leader of our local Writers of Warnsburg group. Goldie, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk with you again. I'm so happy to have you here. It's been, gosh, I mean, it's it, it's been too long, not just since you've been on the show, but I mean, since uh, I can't remember the last time we talked, I guess it was in the spring when we did the uh, Reader's World event in, uh, in Sedalia. Yeah, we, uh, we've been, I think we're both very busy and trying to get together sometimes is a little bit hard, but <laughs> we're both going forward with writing and I'm editing and that's what we've been working on, so. Absolutely. Well, so, gosh, uh, so your last time you were on, you were, we were talking about mirror images. You were working on a second book with that. You were also doing some romance writing. Uh, what all has uh, been going on in your world since then? Well, still have mirror images. Um, still working on explosive charges, which is the second book, and it has been quite a while. In the meantime, um, I started doing a lot of professional editing for other authors. And just this year, I think I have seven books, full mm. books that I've done. And then, of course, the anthology that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, I also published a short story in another anthology called Casey's Story. And in that one, we took decades. We each chose a decade in Kansas City history. And uh, everybody wrote a little bit of everything genre-wise. Um, I wrote a story about, I've been married twice, and so has my, my current husband. I'll say my husband, because current husband sounds a little bad. But <laughs> um, And we both discovered that even though we grew up in two separate places, that at some point during our dating of our first spouses, we were actually at the same place at the same time. We didn't know that, oh, wow. and uh, we had been at uh, Winwood Skate Center in Kansas City, and so I, I kind of wrote a little short story about what it might have been like if we'd actually met each other that first time when we were around each other, and so that <laughs> one is called Skating Into Love, and that's on the Casey, um, Kansas City story, so that was what I worked on, and then primarily I've been doing editing for other people. Okay. Well, that's a sweet story. Yeah. And I've, I've got that anthology here. Well, my, ever since I've moved the office around my books and everything are kind of a mess, but I know I have that here. That's on my to be read file. <clears throat> that was my first experience with uh, working with an anthology and seeing how it was done. So when we got to our new anthology, um, Hawthorne Creek, a collection of secrets that experience was very helpful to me in helping all of our writers of Warnsburg writers be able to put a book out. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I mean, we can just dive right into it. And as somebody, even though I'm a member, like, like we alluded to, I haven't been able to attend the meetings because of being so busy with everything changing after COVID and so on. So yeah. how does, where does the idea for an anthology come about in a writer's group? Well, in our writers group, we had talked about it a little bit, mm -hmm. and um, we have two regular meetings a month on the first and third Tuesdays of each month, and then in between, we do more of a casual write-in, and so we all get on Zoom on a Tuesday night, the alternate ones, and uh, during one of those 
um, meetings. Basically, during that we write together, but they we also just kind of talk um, casually about writing and and different things. And um, several members of the group got together and discussed the anthology. I actually was not at that particular session, <laughs> and. Uh, so I got an email the next day from a couple of people and they're like, hey, we have a great idea. And it was a great idea. So um, co-administrator um, Stan Smith or Stan C. Smith, as he writes, mm -hmm. um, he was there and he's he's very, very, very good at the technological aspects of writing. And he is, um, if, if you want to check out some of what he has to say on our website, which I'll think about the name in just a second. Um, he will, he has put all of his lessons and things that he shared with us. And uh, we truly could not have this anthology without him in any way, shape or form, because he, he really rallied the troops and spent a lot of editing and got the book up online and everything. But so basically they decided that they were interested in doing the anthology, which we'd been talking about. And um, then we decided all right, how are we going to do this? So we came up with the idea of challenging our authors by giving them a made up town with a few set characters and um, kind of a strange occurrence, which in our case, it involves a stoplight. And uh, so that stoplight repeats sometimes in the various stories. We also, although the stories stand on their own, we have some little Easter eggs in there from one story to set up another story. Mm. Um, for example, um, William Schlichter, who is one of our authors, in his story, he there's a murder and the police chief is somewhat involved in a cover up. And then in my story, he tries to redeem himself from that cover up. Mm. And um, we had an even earlier story by Nora Wolfenbarger. And she also talked about the police chief. And um, in my story, there's a heart attack. And so she puts a line in there that ties that together. So as you go through the book, um, there's common places. Sometimes we reference occasionally, you know, things that happened in other books. And uh, so that's how that came about. As far as what we did was we chose a small town, a made up small town in mid-Missouri. And it's called Hawthorne Creek. Um, it's been around for quite a while, and uh, they they have a Ha Ha Festival, <laughs> which is based on the ha Hawthorne Creek, and um, Hawthorne trees actually grow paws, and so they have like, you know, a jelly competition and flower competition with a parade and things like that, and that parade shows up in other people's works, and uh, our characters show up, so... Mm -hmm. That was that was kind of how we we got it all together. I I was blown away uh, when you all were first talking about it, and I got the email about yeah you're interested in doing it. I thought okay well you know this might be neat you know maybe I'll try something like that, but I wasn't sure. Uh, <clears throat> and then when I got the packets that you the, you emailed to the group, and it had here's the information about all the standard characters within the town. And, and and not just oh my gosh ladies and gentlemen if this is not just a one or two line about this character this is a full bio that went on like a paragraph or two about here's the sheriff uh 
and then here's this other character who's a uh, busybody around town and here's somebody else uh, the mayor and their her mysterious husband uh the town itself and then somebody even came up with a map of everything and i the whole thing just blew me away i'm reading through all the information and and it was funny to me how all of it was just kind of like wow that is really neat and this is neat this is neat and then i'm looking at the map and i'm looking around and for obviously for me when i saw the fudge factory up in the top corner it was just like wait all right just the wheels started turning and right away i was like i want to work with the fudge factory that's that's neat <laughs> and it's funny how the whole thing came together so now who did the map and that where did that come from the map came from one of our members stephanie flint and uh, she she drew up a basic one and then we had a meeting um and kind of went through and we talked about what we thought our stories would be and outlined it and then she went back and revised the map and um, the map is not actually in the book. The map was more for us to use to be able to ground our characters and ground our story. Mm -hmm. And so it's been very helpful in that way because um, it just it just helped that like one in one of our stories, one of the ladies gets um, stopped by the police chief. And so she can reference a street. And um, when they talk about, you know, where some of the businesses are, it gave us an idea for that. We did include some businesses too. Yeah. And the, uh, the description of the characters that came from Stan Smith. Um, he, he went through, we had pictures, so we had an idea of what mm -hmm. they looked like, mm -hmm. um, age, who they were married to, um, maybe some of their motivations. Like we have an officer named Eduardo and, uh, he, he's younger and he's a little more modern than the police chief. And he 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 might like that police chief job. So that kind of played <laughs> into some of the stories and how we viewed it. So I it amazed me. And I think this just goes into the wealth of information that that you all provided with those bios and the, the town. After I was done writing mine and then I submitted it. And then what was unique was we all got to uh, read each other's a few of each other's stories mm -hmm. and uh, beta read it and kind of edit a little bit give our information so like for me mine I thought mine was just like really different and I was kind of worried how it would fit in and then to get some of the other stories and to read through those I was like oh my gosh this is so cool it's gonna I think it's gonna work this is an amazing anthology and the, some of the stories that I got to read and then seeing it and of course that inspired me even more to like i gotta i gotta put something about this story into mine mm -hmm. and then mix some things back and forth and uh i, I think it just kind of feeds back into all the information that that you all put together and the map on how well it made everything uh jive together it was just so cool well i think one of the interesting things too is all of our i always think the strength of our writers of warnsburg group is we're not a specific genre. And while I do think it's important, you know, if you can work with a group in your specific genre, you're going to get things out of that to help your writing. Mm -hmm. But it is also good not to have that, to have a variety of different types of writers writing different genres because you get a different viewpoint. Um, they give you advice about things that make sense to you because you write that genre that might not make sense to someone else. Um, I learned, I uh, in mine, I have the word collar, 
like a police officer making a collar. Mm -hmm. Well, I learned from some of our younger members. I'm not that old, but some of our younger members, <laughs> they weren't familiar with that term. They'd never heard it used that way before. Oh my! And so that was that was good to know. Um, and I think you know we we have a little bit of everything in there. Some of the characters, like um, like my one of mine's a police chief and. One of the other authors, her police chief is probably a little nicer than my police chief, <laughs> um, which is fine. But we have, you know, um, we have some very sweet stories in there. We have um, some zombie. We have zombie story. <laughs> and, you know, we have a lot of mystery because that's one of the things um, about Hawk Creek is there's a little bit of mystery about this, this stoplight. Um, we have some fantasy and um we have some dragons and like i said we have a little bit of everything in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's quite a collection i i've been enjoying i <clears throat> i was very excited the other day when i got the near final draft and was reading mm -hmm. through like i said i read i've read i think four or five of the stories so far aside from the two that i'd already read before that and uh <clears throat> so I, i've still got some more to go and i haven't been able to read some more since then but I, I cannot wait to uh, dive into it. It's just so diverse. And like you said, we got sweet stories. You got recurring uh, characters. Chief likes to show up in uh, some stories here and there. And I was laughing that Marcy shows up in a couple stories as her usual busybody self. And uh, on her pink scooter. Marcy on her pink scooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's such a cool thing how that, uh, how that works out that uh, it just kind of, concurrent throughout the stories no matter what they are <laughs> um i did want to say something about the process in case anybody's interested um what we did was we each we, we took the information we each wrote our own story and then um we went through a round of edits so we did the first round of edits and each and our members edited too so it wasn't just that you wrote a story you also participated in the edit editing process and that was really really helpful because it helped teach us things we didn't know we didn't know mm -hmm. and uh, so we did the first round of edits we gave it back then we did a second round of edits and then in the third round um stan and i divided the group and offered edits actually we did that in every round and then in the in the very end stan went in and, and did final edits and there was, there were still some editing to do, you know, a lot of it has to do with trying to get your format matching and making sure like if you have an ellipses in one story that it's that way throughout the book and that mm. type of thing. So he did all of the proofing in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <clears throat> it was funny. I, uh, for my own story, I was fairly happy with the, I was very happy with the way it turned out. I'm very proud of it actually. Uh, but that final countdown of okay tonight's the deadline all right a few more hours and then i was like okay fine i'll look i'll look back through there one more time and then i got hung up on like here's this paragraph and this one line and i'm like ah oh, i could not decide i kept going back and forth and back and forth like does that work does that work is that going to be confusing and i've shown it to my wife and she and i were both back and forth and we finally was like you know what you're overthinking it it's fine so i was just like yep all right i'm gonna let it go it's like it's just uh but uh you know that's just those last minute things too the it's like yeah. is it is it working out is it uh, you know working and is it does is it gonna look good and from what i can tell everything looks amazing because the book just went live mm -hmm. one thing 
we did a, a cover and um, we ordered our cover from someone in the Ukraine. So we're trying to support them. Nice. And um, the way the cover worked is basically, you know, Stan threw out some ideas. We looked at anthology covers because a lot of times you want to look at um, books in your genre. Mm -hmm. The only thing with um, anthology covers is there's not much consistency because a lot of the anthologies are specific. They're like romance anthologies or mystery or thriller. Mm -hmm. And so then we, we had to regroup a little bit and think about it. So then we thought about some of our themes. So our themes are small town um, secrets and then, um, you know, anything along that line. So then we went and looked at some of the um, stock photo sites, looked for towns that we liked and um, what we wanted in it. I did kind of a, a dummy with because I wanted the stoplight in the foreground. So we mm -hmm. did that. And um, then we sent in the what we had, got the cover, very, very economical, by the way. Um, they did a couple of options for us, and then we chose one. Um, you also can get that if you don't like where something is, you could have it adjusted, but we were very happy with what they provided, and so that's where we came up with our cover. Yeah, it's a fantastic cover. I think it works really well, and it's it's got a very nostalgic feel to it and uh, mm -hmm. fits in with that whole small town secrets vibe that uh, that's going on in it it's it's really great i, I like that cover one thing <clears throat> we try to do is to um make our characters not just we didn't want it to be too dark because we mm -hmm. thought about our audience and um so it it there there is some mystery in there and you know that type of thing but we didn't we didn't want it to be really really down and so we we worked on that as a group and tried to make that you know so so i'm not saying that every story is is positive because you know some people die in some of the stories but <laughs> but they were not good people so we're trying to you know yeah. argue that point <laughs> so well and it was it was nice too because there was <clears throat> it's like you said you've got sweet stories and then mm -hmm. you got some some wild ones and but nothing is uh, graphic, nothing's overly bad, uh, no foul language, which I was kind of like fighting a little bit there with. I was like, hey, oh, well, wait a minute, there might, be, there might be a little bit of foul language. There might be a little bit, okay. <laughs> I, I, was, oh, I, I was thinking, really considering like whether or not I was going to go to bat for, for one word. I was like, oh, I think it would work better, but like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll yeah. work out. So <laughs> we, kept, we kept it pretty clean. So it is pretty clean. Yeah. So yeah. It, it works really well. And I think it's, it's age appropriate for whoever wants to read it. They're going to find something wonderful in there. So, mm -hmm. so, so what's, uh, what's next for the anthology now that it's out and available, what, uh, what's the plans for it going forward? Well, um, part of the, part of the money from the anthology goes to the group mm -hmm. and um, we're doing that because that way we'll be able to, uh, we, we usually, COVID kind of messed us up, but we usually have a, a big um, workshop where we bring in other authors. And those people have always been very gracious to not really charge us anything. Mm -hmm. We try to give them a little bit of stipend. And I do mean a little bit of stipend, mm -hmm. but uh, we're gonna we're gonna take some of some of the money and put it back into making writers better people. And one of the things about writers of Warnsburg is we are a completely free group. Um, we don't yeah. we don't charge people 
to be in it or anything like that. All of our lessons are free and all of them are up on the internet so that people can look at them. Um, we're, we're getting ready to do some book signings. Um, we've got several, we've got some craft fairs and some different things around around our local town that we're, we're gonna advertise for and, and participate in. And then we are doing a book signing um, in, in on November 15th, I believe, yes, November 15th at Reader's World in Sedalia. Um, we don't have a local bookstore here in our town. So that's one of the reasons this is a local town. So we're gonna go there and they've always been very supportive. So yeah. Um, we, you know, we have our books out in Kindle. We're on Kindle Unlimited, and then we have a paperback. And all of those paperback went live yesterday, and all of those can be um, purchased and enjoyed. And uh, like I said, we're going to do several book signings to promote it, and we will keep um, using the book as promotion for the group in the in the years to come. Also, we've talked about doing another anthology. I'll, I'll be honest; don't know if Stan and I are ready for that yet, but. <laughs> Team to do it, do it later. It is it is a lot of work, and uh, but it was a lot of work shared by a lot of hands, and yeah. that's one of the things in some of our promotions. We have you know writers now who are are coming up with the ideas for the bookmarks and our promotions that we put out on um, Facebook and other platforms like that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and it you know it was such a nice. I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, it was a little bit of a palate cleanser for me, mm -hmm. um, and, and motivation. Uh, I'd been struggling this year, trying to get back into a groove with bandit two. And, uh, I'd get a little bit of, a, a little bit of a groove and then something would come up and that would happen a lot. But, uh, whenever this came up, I, I really wrestled for a while. I was like, I don't know if I really want to. I should really do this but uh I was like, you know what no i, I want to do something with the group this would be just a lot of fun and mm -hmm. and it was it was a blast i had so much fun writing that story and doing that and being a part of the editing process and reading the other stories really energized me where <clears throat> like especially in the last several weeks since we finished that i i mean i've been just putting out the words with uh, bandit 2 and i'm hopeful i mean i should be on schedule to get it out this year still mm -hmm. but uh it, it's been really great to have that, uh, you know, to feel like, okay, hey, look, I did something there. I can keep doing this. I'm going to I'm gonna do another book. And it's funny, after so many, after a couple of books, like I still have that same, like, I don't know if I can do this. If you know, nobody's reading me, I don't think anybody likes my writing. <laughs> you still I think, have that. I think, I think every author has imposter yeah. syndrome. It's, this is, it's part of it. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. I always laugh because when you write your first book, you don't really know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> and uh, and your second book and every book after that is a little bit more scary because you realize everything that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And um, but it's still rewarding. But you are a little more nervous about it. Um, I'm a retired teacher and I feel that way about the first part of my career. You know, the first couple of years, I didn't really know what I was doing. I did. A, I did an OK job. And then later on, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this was a lot more than I realized at first, but it was <laughs> it was also worth it. Um, I did want to mention that in this anthology, we have 14 authors. All mm. right. So nine of our authors are already published, but everyone else is a brand new published author. Wow. So this, this is their first book. And uh, I know we 
you know, we're ordering paperback copies. And I know that when they get that book in their hand, there is nothing like holding that book in your hand. And we're really proud that we were able to help um, these authors be published. Um, oh, I yeah. think some of them have a little bit of fear of publishing, like, you know, we all do at the very beginning. And now they have a published work. So I'm hoping it will be easier for them to go ahead with what, what else they're working on. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And I, and I know... <clears throat> I know the event coming up the 15th, I'm not going to be able to make that one, but I'm hoping, I, I hope the new authors are able to make each of these events because that, I, I want them to have that same thrill that, that the rest of us have been able to experience and to hand out that book when somebody says, yeah, I'll take that. And, oh, it's like, <laughs> will you sign it for me? <laughs> yes, will you sign it for me? That's always, that's always a wonderful question to answer. It yes, I as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah. That's so cool. It's going to be so exciting for them. So, and, and it's just, I, I just love that. I mean, that was you doing that for them, creating this platform to help them get off the ground is really like kind of the basis of what uh, the genesis behind my show was. Mm -hmm. When I was first thinking about this show, I was like, yeah, I want to give a platform for new authors and help them be able to shout it out. And I, I was going to just stick with new authors when I first started this and in indies and then right away found out like yeah you know what we're all in that same boat we're all we all rise with the tide and mm -hmm. everybody needs a shout out here and there to to get their books out there so I, it's just so cool that you are creating that platform for them with this book and giving them that jump start uh, that diving board that they need well and i think the important thing too is you know when you when you are an author the most important thing for you in your career is, is readers and, mm. you know, readers offering reviews and readers supporting you. But I would argue the second most important thing or pretty much equally important is to have a, a strong community of writers to support you because it, you, you just cannot imagine how much you learn from other writers. And sometimes it's in a little off comment. Um, we have a gentleman in our group, Dave Swanson. He's He's been coming to the group for a while. Mm -hmm. But um, until we did this process and we learned, we reviewed some of the grammar and things like that, which we've done before. I We were at a meeting not too long ago and he's like, it, it all came together. I got it now. <laughs> and, you know, writers, we do have those moments where there's things that, you know, you can hear it over and over and you can see an example. But until it gets in your head, it's not there. And he's like, let's do some more. You know, he was so excited. <laughs> so, so. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, I, I totally get that. There was some uh, some editing feedback I got on my story. It finally made something click for me. I was like, I get it. Yep. All right. I understand how to do that now. And yeah, that works. And I had the same thing. I had some words, uh, not that people didn't understand, but I had a word that I didn't realize was actually spelled differently under a different use mm -hmm. and and it was just i can't remember what the word was now i wish i could like uh complete that story with what the word was but i didn't i don't think i realized it actually had a different spelling for the different use of the word but it was uh, one that stood out to me it was like oh i didn't realize that so well, that's so cool yeah for me as an editor i mean it was helpful to me <clears throat> to see what how other people explained why they were editing and mm -hmm. why they suggest some of the things that they do because you know I know one way to explain it or a couple of ways and they know a different way to explain it and I'm like oh 
I, I never thought of it that way. I don't always agree with them on how they explained it, but <laughs> it, it at least makes me think about why I explain it the way I do. And, you know, and there was a really good give and take. Um, each author for the edits, the first two edits had three different people offering comments. Yeah. And, and that was really good. Um, we do critiques at our Writers of Warrensburg meetings, but, you know, you're not doing a whole work at once. You're doing part of a chapter usually. And I think getting critique from beginning to end was a first experience for some people. And, you know, we were able to talk about story development and, um, you know, suggest that, you know, to make sure that your plot line was going through all the various steps you know rising action falling action is this where you want this and that type of thing so that was that was very educational i think for all of us yeah yeah and that's something i've always greatly enjoyed from the group is the feedback i miss it uh, terribly uh having that feedback and getting information so this was wonderful to have not just one or two but three different people giving me feedback and it was fun to go through and you know i'd read the first one and i could say yeah, okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, no, oh, that's obvious. Yep, I got to fix that. Uh, I'm not so sure about that one. But then the second time somebody would say it, and then the third time, I'm like, okay, fine. There's three people are telling me this needs to change. I, what did I do wrong here? Oh, I get it now. All right, sure. Right, so, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, now my eyes are open. <laughs> for our, our writers of Warnsburg meeting, um, you know, when we had COVID, things had to change because we couldn't meet in, per in person. So we started using Zoom and we continue to do that. We have our in-person meeting and we also do Zoom at the same time. Um, one of our members who is, 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 who is from around here now lives in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And so she still Zooms and still gets to participate that way. Mm -hmm. But um, we also at our meetings take, like when people send their critiques in, we can put it up on the screen and everybody can see it all at once. Well, and we send and actually Stan sends it out ahead of time so people can see the, the actual document and they can write on it or they can, you know, do do comments out to the side or within the text and send it to people. So they're getting they're getting pretty immediate feedback. So that's always been helpful, I think. Yeah, and I've mm -hmm. seen some like I said, I haven't been able to attend one of the meetings. I think I've been on one or two Zoom. Mm -hmm. since then uh but then i've seen the pictures uh that you all will post you guys usually will post pictures of a meeting and it's really cool how you've even got those who are coming in person uh you've got the big monitor at the front <clears> there <throat> the big tv screen and it's showing the zoom call and so everybody's able to see the same thing and uh, it's such an interactive experience for whether you're on zoom sitting at home or if you're in person and and i i just i look forward to the day my schedule changes and i can mm -hmm get back in there either either in the zoom or, or in person the in person is what i've always enjoyed but it, it's all good no matter what i'm looking forward to getting back there well we usually have between zoom and in person we usually have about 15 people now that's grown uh -huh. from when um when i first founded the group yeah and, you know we'd have just a couple of people and um now we have usually for each meeting we have about we have about 15 people wow so, I still remember that. That's been, oh my gosh, I think 2015, I think. Was your first, yeah. Was when I found out about it, yeah. And yeah. and that was very fortuitous because I had, 
I just heard on a like one of my first podcasts I'd ever heard of mm-hmm. that was their advice was to find a local writing group. And I thought, oh, okay, well, how would I do that? And I looked in the paper, hey, writers of Warrensburg meeting tomorrow at uh, the uh, the old bookstore here in town. <laughs> and, and that and was I just so cool. Recommend a group to to writers. Um, yeah. Not even just if you're starting out, because, you know, some of some of our um, writers like R.M. Kinder, she, you know, she's been writing for quite a while and she's published and, you know, several of our authors are multi-published and, you know, they still get value out of it and they and they offer a lot of value to the rest of the group, too. Yeah. So they kind of kind of get both things to do. We help them and they help us a lot. So it's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's uh, what's next for you? Are we going to be seeing explosive charges in the next year or uh, what else? We are. Um, I'm got three more books to edit before the end of the year. So that does <laughs> kind of take my time. Yeah. But, um, I do intend to do some participation in um, NaNoWriMo, hmm. which um, Dan Brigman, who is in our group, is our local um, leader for that or organizer. And uh, that's National Novel Writing Month. And it, during that time, you're to try and write 50,000 words on a novel. Um, I don't know that I'm going to hit 50,000 this year, but I am going to use that time. And we have he has several um, Zoom write-ins sponsored. We have some in-person things sponsored for the month of November. And so I'll be hitting that. Um, also, I have, I have in my mind to do a series. I was, I worked part-time at our police station as the front office clerk, one of them. And, uh, I have very good, uh, I wrote a lot of things down, not things I wasn't supposed to, but things I could, <laughs> I still have some good contacts there. Yeah. Um, Harry Butler, the evidence tech is really good about sending me some weird last names that he sees and when he's doing his work and sometimes some strange things that show up in the evidence room for ideas and I learned there's a lot a lot of machete stuff going on I don't know oh. a lot of machetes <laughs> involved in crimes these days so I'm sure when I when I start that I'll go ahead and, and include some of that but I told my husband I said we better not have a machete and we better not have a crime because I don't want to be in the police report with a machete so. oh my gosh that's funny Oh, that's great. Uh, well, uh, Goldie, this has been fantastic. I've loved being able to catch up with you a little bit and, and to hear all about this. Uh, tell us about uh, about your story in Hawthorne Creek. Is that the one we're, we're hearing from? Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Well, my story features on the chief of police. And as I said before, in William Schlichter's story, um, the chief of police delays on reporting a murder. Okay. Mm. And um, so I kind of pick it up from there and Charlie Goodyear is his name. And he comes from a long line of police officers and he, his grandfather was involved in something called the ha ha hacker murders. (laughs) And yes, I came up with that alliterative name there. And basically, in the past, someone was taking hose <laughs> and, you know, garden hose and hitting, hitting people with them and killing them. And um, so in my story, basically what happens is they're getting ready to have the 100th celebration of the Ha Ha Festival. 
and uh, Charlie is asked to be one of the grand marshals because they're doing the theme of the festival is heroes and so mm. they're including him of course he doesn't feel like much of a hero because he comes from a long line of people who believed in honorable service mm. and he feels like he's let his 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 family down and his town down oh. so that was kind of the kind of where it started so all right fantastic where can people find and follow you now um i am under ga edwards and i am currently just on the amazon page but if you go there and uh, put in ga edwards you should be able to find me and then you can also find a link to my first book mirror images which was a young adult thriller and then the anthologies fantastic yeah and everybody i'm going to have a link for that and uh for for uh, goldie's links the uh <clears throat> the writers of website excuse me <laughs> Writers of Warnsburg website, uh, all of that in the show, uh, the links there at the bottom. So whenever you're all done, get down there and check it out. You can also go back to 2018 and uh, check out Goldie's uh, first episode and hear about her first her book, Mirror Images. You get a little sample from that as well. And uh, yeah, by all means, go check out uh, Goldie's work and uh, everybody at the uh, Writers of Warnsburg. It's you're guaranteed to find something that you like and uh, something to enjoy. Goldie, thank you so much for joining me on this, and uh, I can't wait to hear this uh, this story. The, your story is one of them I haven't gotten to yet, so I'm I'm looking forward to this too. Okay, well, you get your own free preview here. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna hand the floor over to my guest, G. A. Edwards, with her short story from Hawthorne Creek, a collection of secrets. Honorable Assignment. A series of murders, a deadly shooting, and a lone survivor define Hawthorne Creek's history. Multiple gasps of outrage mixed with loud creaks from the borrowed folding chairs of the First Methodist Church as audience members shifted forward in agreement or back in objection based on the new library director's statement. Police Chief Charlie Goodyear didn't even notice with his stomach tight from a double burrito special at lunch, an extra helping of his wife's lasagna at dinner, and his whole career about to blow up around him, the potential drama at tonight's meeting of the Hawthorne Creek Town Council had no hold on him, unlike his wife, whose arm encircled his own. Charlene leaned in to whisper, now pay attention, dear. I think Darcy Joe is going to talk about your granddaddy. Charlie tucked his double chin to his chest. His Hawthorne Creek famous grandfather, Homer Goodyear, had been an honorable lawman. So had Charlie's father. Even Charlie had managed this until recently, but one bad decision on Charlie's part had negated over 100 years of the family creed, perform assignments with honor. Why had he listened to the threats from Mayor Virginia Moody, that she-devil, to take his job away from him? Worse, why had he caved in to her demands? The woman had secretly confessed a serious crime to Charlie, but left no conclusive evidence behind for him to prove it. And his compliance was what had gotten him into this mess in the first place. Because dang it, he needed the pension. He was eligible for in two years. And gosh dang it again, the health insurance. And what about Charlene? She could be fired from her own job of running the office at the police station. What if her cancer returned a second time 
and his actions left her without good medical care or no medical care at all. Mayor Moody called out from the end of her folding table used for the town meetings. Darcy joked, how is this going to reflect in a positive manner on our town? The goal tonight is to finalize our theme for this year's Ha Ha Festival. It's the 100th celebration. I see no way those old murders will. Before Mayor Moody finished her comment, the library's recently appointed director, Darcy Joe Miller, chirped. The time capsule. This is the year it will be opened. And Mayor Moody demanded, well, I have reason to believe that there will be artifacts from the Ha Ha Hacker murders. At this news, the unsolicited comments circled the room. With half the town still hyped from the as yet unsolved recent murder, as well as the recent filming of a zombie series, people were excited to embrace the dark side of things. Not Charlie. His agreement to hold off on reporting a murderer for five days had forced him into his own dark place. He was ashamed, and he was worried that his junior officer, Eduardo, would report what he'd done or hadn't done in this case. Postmaster Willard Cuthbert gazed longingly at the gavel afforded to him as council president. He eyed the other members to determine whether to let Darcy Joe continue. With an affirmative head shake, two wishy-washy shoulder lifts, one possible snore and a glare from the other end of the table, that was affirmation enough. Motion carried. There was no motion, Willard. Do you know anything about parliamentary procedure? Mayor Moody offered no quarter and set downs. Willard's ears flushed red. Just, just go on ahead. Oh, thank you. Darcy Joe found her place on her phone screen. For those of you who are not familiar with the story, here's how the Hawthorne Gazette described the case in late September of 1922. Her high-pitched voice dropped into a poor imitation of a spooky commentator. Local lawman ends ha-ha hacker's murderous reign. Charlie nudged Charlie, whispering, she sounds like a host from one of those so-called reality ghost shows. Well, you would know. Charlie wished she wasn't so close so he could release a little gas. He'd learned early on in his marriage that such expressions would not fly. He rubbed his gut with his free hand. Before succumbing to his grievous wounds, Officer Homer Goodyear, with his life's blood pouring out from a head wound, put one bullet into the evil heart of the town's never-do-well, Carl H. Swenson, now known to one and all as Hawthorne Creek's cries rang out. Oh my, man got what he deserved. Good shooting. Cuthbert did, in fact, at this point, bang the gavel once. Then he motioned the librarian to continue. The article mentions that Drusilla Grierson was the local schoolmistress who nearly became the final victim of the heinous murderer. She stated, I would be in my grave if that officer hadn't heard my screams at being struck with the hoe by that murderous fiend. Officer Goodyear saved me with that shot and who knows how many other ladies of the town too. Outraged gasps, a muttered, the devil's spawn, an admiring, good for the officer, and an odd, cool story echoed off the walls. Charlie huffed. Real death had nothing to do with the flowery language in the old newspaper. Dead was dead. And a voice questioned from the spellbound crowd. What happened next? What do you mean, and? 
Mayor Moody's impatience was evidence in her accompanying sneer. She just said what happened. And I don't see what a 100-year-old crimes have to do with promoting this town and the Ha Ha Festival. Darcy Joe spread her arms wide, palms up. Oh, can't you all tell? This is a story of ultimate service for the good of Hawthorne Creek's townspeople. That's one of the first things I noticed when I moved here. How many people in our town serve their community to make it a wonderful and safe place to live? Well, except for an unsolved murder, Charlie pressed his free hand into his gut again. Council President Cuthbert frowned. While we appreciate what, again, Darcy Joe bubbled over to her next point, we can use the 100th celebration in the opening of the time capsule as an opportunity to honor our history of hometown heroes. She flung an arm out with one finger pointing directly at Charlie and then continued. And here sits the grandson of the original town hero, our very own police chief, Charlie Goodyear. Charlie opened his mouth to protest, but hiccuped instead, excuse me. Charlene didn't even elbow him before she exclaimed, Oh, sweetheart, honoring you is a wonderful idea. Darcy Joe moved down the road to her next possible honoree, Miss Lucilla Blakestone. Charlie leaned in. This could be interesting. He'd not spent much time in the library himself, having preferred to spend his spare time carving small wooden animals and then those hearts. But it wasn't a secret that Miss Blackstone, now in her 90s, had been oh so politely forced despite her multiple objections to retire. The library board had brought in outsider Darcy Joe Miller to transition into the director position. Charlie had been surprised he hadn't been called in to drag the old woman who sported orthopedic brown shoes, dated starch dresses, and tightly pin curled hair out of the building. Charlie understood the woman's objection to being shoved along. Eduardo had made it clear he was ready to take over as the next police chief as soon as Charlie's backside no longer rested in his desk chair. If Charlie had access to the kind of money that the Blakestone family had, he might consider it. Not going to happen, but he wouldn't mind owning one or two of those mint condition antique cars stored in the family's multi-car garage. At his level of pay, though, his best bet was to carve one. Darcy Joe showcased a decent approximation of jazz hands as she trilled. And in my research for the festival, I learned that our own Miss Lucilla is the great niece of the lone survivor of the Ha Ha Hacker. The woman in question raised her chin at Darcy. I prefer to be addressed at all times as Miss Blakestone. Your research is incorrect. Drusilla Grissom was my grandmother's sister, making me her grandniece. Using the term great to describe such a familial relationship is a common mistake of those lacking proper education. Darcy Joe's face paled before she closed her eyes. Charlie felt certain that the girl was repeating one of those mantra things in her head. And with a clap of her hand, she signaled recovery of her composure. Well, I propose these treasured citizens serve as the grand marshals of our festival with the theme honor a ha-ha helper today. As this information sunk into the minds of the spectators, a firm but well-modulated tone interrupted. Miss Miller, one moment, please. Darcy Joe turned oh so slowly. Yes, Miss Blakestone? The young woman was employing 
Could you enlighten me how my ancestor's surviving attack equates to hero's stature? Darcy Joe grimaced. Miss um, Grissom was a survivor, and I think survivors are heroes. Her eyes scoured the room in a seeming panic until she spied Charlene. Um, take Miss Goodyear, for example. Everybody talks about how hard she fought when she was so ill. Charlie turned as Charlene brought her hand up to press it against her mouth, her eyes welling up with tears. Charlie sucked in a deep breath. His Charlene had been a true hero all those weeks. Lord knows with his recent mistake, it was not the time to draw attention, but for his wife, Darcy Joe's right. This town has all kinds of heroes. I'll be the Grand Marshal if Charlene serves too, and we'd be honored for Miss Blakestone to join us. Members of her family have been heroic leaders for decades in this town. The crowd turned to the regal visage of the proud woman on the right. After a moment, Miss Blakestone gave a slight nod. Darcy Joe squealed and grabbed her brown messenger bag from a chair. A person could tell she had planned the next statement as the clincher of her whole presentation. The crowd leaned forward in their seats as Darcy Joe undid the bag's metal clasp and reached in. She held aloft her brightly colored prize. Our heroes can wear matching t-shirts. A firm bang of the gavel signaled the approval of the Grand Marshal honorees, the Ha Ha Festival theme, and yes, even the colorful matching shirts. All right, that was G.A. Edwards reading a sample of her story from Writers of Warrensburg anthology, Hawthorne Creek, A Collection of Secrets. The book is available right now. I just got done reading a few more stories from it myself, and I'm loving everybody else's work. Hey, click the link in the show notes for the book uh, to find out more about Goldie and her stories, uh, to find out about everyone in the uh, Writers of Warrensburg group. Also, don't forget to be sure and check out our affiliate and podcast friends and hit that subscribe button so that you will not miss our next episode when I have a new author, a new book, and a brand new sample chapter. And have a happy and safe Halloween.